Welcome, friends, to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast, where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. I am your host, Curtis Kopotic, and I am joined by my co-host, Amber Brown, and today we are talking to Todd Fouché. Hey, Curtis. Yeah, Todd is the Vice President of Business Development for PMR Healthcare, and he is going to bring a whole new insight into the realm of healthcare and tying it to the workplace. And what's interesting is a big reason that people tend not to use healthcare is because of its inconvenience. So they're talking about a lot about how that convenience leads to better results for your company and making it more affordable and usable for everybody. Yeah. So not only time savings, but also what we all want to hear about is cost effectiveness and dollar savings. So here's our interview with Todd Pouchet. Thank you for joining us, Todd. And if you could give us a little history and background for our listeners and just to kind of give them an idea of what you're bringing to the interview today. Yes. Hello, everyone. My background is primarily over 30 years of history on the health insurance, healthcare, and occupational health arena. So today, my hope is is to share a little wisdom uh, with our audience, as well as some proactive solutions to consider. You are the vice president of PMR Healthcare. So will you give our audience a little rundown on what that service is and what's unique about it? PMR Healthcare primarily focuses on client solutions for employer groups across the country. And we do that in multiple ways, ranging from telehealth services, services related to COVID screening and testing, direct primary care, on-site or near-site employer clinic solutions for their employees and dependents of the employees that are on the health plan for the employer, as well as, and most importantly, occupational health services should injury occur at the workplace. And I think I heard you mention both the on-site occupational health for sure, but then also primary care clinics. Those are very separate and unique services. Can you speak to the difference in that skill set and possibly operational considerations? Let's start with the primary care side of the equation. In the mid-2000s, many employers across the country began to explore providing on-site or near-site primary care services to their employees and dependents on their health plan with the sole purpose of improving health outcomes, less time away from work by the employees. Many employees didn't have access to a primary care physician, so this was an avenue to provide that. Many employers prior to adopting on-site primary care services had already had on-site occupational health services for injuries, but primarily in the manufacturing general industry realm. For PMR, our history started in 2005, primarily in the occupational health arena. In 2008-2009 period of time, we began to explore providing the same on the primary care side. What's unique about the PMR model is not only are we proficient at the occupational health side of the equation, is we also on the primary care side have brought in other specialty services, services such as physical therapy, mental health services, in unique situations, even cardiac care or care for pre-diabetics or diabetics, uh, for example. So it's all very much driven by either what the loss reports for the employers are showing from an injury perspective or what their claims and pharmacy data is showing on the health plan side as to what services do the employees need to improve health and return to work. 
So really, your company takes it from a different angle instead of just taking care of your OSHA aches and pains, musculoskeletal issues. You're looking at it to where if an employee also has, or a lot of employees have, whether it's diabetes or heart issues, that you want to provide them that opportunity to get that care at the same location on site instead of having to having to seek care on their own, correct? Correct. In this scenario, let's assume that the employer has engaged PMR healthcare on both occupational worksite services as well as primary care services. We are there for OSHA purposes. It's very important that those medical-related expenses associated with an injury are kept totally separate from an OSHA reporting perspective versus care that an employee might need for cardiac or diabetes or other health-related issues. So once again, if the employer has engaged us for both levels of services, we have the capabilities of treating the injury at the work site and then also treating healthcare-related issues that run separately through the employer's health plan. Todd, let's dive a little bit deeper into the cost effectiveness overall. We've talked a little bit as far as time saving. The employees aren't running around and trying to find a primary care provider or specialty provider. So can we talk a little bit more about cost effectiveness of your type of care? Sure. Let's start first with occupational health. In the scenario where we are on site and an injury occurs on site, And that could either be in a manufacturing setting or it could be on a construction site where literally if an injury occurs in either setting, we are there to to triage and treat that injury. In many instances, that injury may need what we refer to as first aid level of care. It could be a, a minor cut or sprain, things of that nature. The goal is to triage and treat in that first aid category. The benefit is that employee is immediate care but also assist the employer in managing what we refer to as their employee modification rating. If you're able to treat in a first aid manner, then it has a favorable effect on their what we once again refer to as their EMR. In that instance, if an employee needs additional care besides first aid based on the degree of the injury, the severity of the injury, then we're also going to assist the employer to manage that patient's care throughout until they are able to return to work. So the ability to help the employee seek and receive the proper care and also to return to the workplace as quickly as possible, then that provides the employee the care that they need, but also serves the added interest of the employer to be able to get the work performed. So it's a win-win for both the patient and the employer. On the primary care side of the equation, very similar. An employee doesn't have to take a full day or a half day off of work to seek primary care. The employees have more time to establish a patient-doctor relationship. Many times the co-pays associated with the doctor's visit are waived. So it becomes a financially incentive for the employee to use that care. In many instances, they can also pick up their medications if appropriate on site. In some instances, co-pays are waived for those prescriptions as well. So there's a financial incentive to use the service. It's allowing employees to engage less time away from work. And if the employee has a chronic ailment, diabetic, cardiovascular, musculoskeletal issues, whatever they might be, then it's to help them more comply with their treatment regimen. Compliance generally means less complications in many instances. So it's just a total win-win for all involved. 
Now, I know a big concern always is with privacy. And have you ever had anybody be or talk about uh, concerns about receiving their what would be considered their, I guess, non-work related health care from a service that's provided at work? How is that privacy maintained? And is it something that you've found to be a challenge in any way? It's a great question, truly. In every employer scenario, when we are engaged by the employer and we're introducing our services to the employees, it's very important in the education process to explain the, to the employees the importance of HIPAA, which is federal regulations related to privacy and protection act for employees and helping them understand how we apply that in as we're rendering care. So whether it's on the injury related side or if it's on the primary specialty care side, our clinicians that serve in that clinic on-site or near-site, are required to abide by the same privacy and HIPAA regulations as any physician or provider in the community. So one, we're held to the same regulations. Two, it's very important when we're educating employees how we manage that on a patient-by-patient basis. And from an employer's perspective, the employer does not receive specific patient information. Any reporting to the employer would be on a total aggregate basis, nothing specific about any employee. Yeah, and I think that's really important to highlight just to, for <laughs> calms and concerns, because I, I, I do know that's always a buzz thing of concern is privacy. So thank you for addressing that. Now, are there any other cost savings that you have found? I know you mentioned some great ones as far as compliance is a good one. Any other ones that maybe people don't think about where you see cost savings? When we're reporting savings to an employer, once again, I'll, I'll separate the occupational health reporting versus the primary specialty care services. On the occupational health side, we're able through preventative efforts. Those might include early intervention, ergonomics, safety, ways that we can learn how to work with the workforce to prevent injuries. So those obviously equate to savings to the employer and also reduces the potential for an injury by the employee. So that's a savings in many ways. When care needs to be rendered to that person, the care that we're able to render on site, we believe that we provide that care at a much lower unit cost than if that same care had been provided in the private sector through a hospital or separate provider entity. So that can, that unit cost savings actually is a benefit to the employer. When we're able to effectively show the employer how the time away from work has been reduced to where the employee can adequately return to the workplace and perform the job in its entirety, that less time away from work also benefits all parties. So those are some examples of how we monitor and measure the results. The main result there is just the employee receiving the care that they need, recovering fully back to work. On the primary care specialty side, we're also able through generally 20, 30, 60 minute dedicated times with the physicians, how we can help that employee understand their medical issues, help them comply with their treatment, the need and understanding that If they're on medications, behavioral and lifestyle issues that could be applied to help them improve their health and actually come off the medications. So that would be not only an out-of-pocket savings to the employee for not being on a medication, but also helps the health plan from that perspective. And I just want to stop you real quick, but did you say 50 to 60 minutes with the doctor themselves? That is exactly what I was thinking as well. (laughs) Because that's (laughs) mind-blowing, basically. I'm glad you picked up on that because... One of the main selling features 
of having on-site services is having dedicated time with the physician, whether it's the occupational health physician or whether it's the primary care specialist that's on-site. The intent is in the public sector today, a patient may have an average of five to seven minutes with their doctor. In the on-site near-site clinic setting, you can schedule appointments where the minimum appointment may be at least 20 minutes. And it's designed for 20, 30-minute meetings with a physician, or it could be longer, 60 minutes if it's like an annual physical, for example, or an extended office visit because of maybe various comorbidities that are going on. But whether it's 20 or 30 minutes, for example, it is four to five times more time with a physician in this setting on site than they're receiving, once again, in the public sector. So they get to ask questions. Yeah, no, I I don't think I've ever spent that long with a doctor, even when I've gone in for what I would consider some of my worst symptoms. (laughs) Well, and, you know, I'm coming to the industrial setting from the clinic setting. So I've been on the care side of this. And that is, that's just something that that's unheard of. Other than the cost savings, I mean, man, this is just unbelievable. There's a goal here that in the on-site services is, once again, access, patient-doctor relationship, providing care at a more efficient price point, education of the patient, time for the doctor and the patient to talk about lifestyle and behavioral issues. The focus is very much on root cause medicine. If you're hypertensive, why are you hypertensive? Not just give you a medication to manage your hypertension, but how do we maybe possibly get you off of the medication? So there's multiple applications like that, multiple benefits, multiple ways to show a financial savings. But the real goal is if we improve health, then the financial favorable impact will come. As always, thank you so much for listening to our interview today and sorry for the interruption, but I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about ergonomics and proper ergonomics isn't just a one and done task you can pay attention to for a day and then check off your to-do list. It's not enough to have an expert on site to point out glaring issues and then leave you to deal with them on your own. Tasks change, new hires come on board, and the industry and your processes both evolve over time your ergonomic strategy needs to as well. Fit for Work's subscription-based ergonomics delivers this ongoing support to businesses throughout the country. Check out our website, wellworkforce.com and click on the connect with us button to learn more. Todd, at the beginning, you mentioned that you'd had some experience in the insurance setting. And so that's one thing that hasn't really been touched on. How does this fit in with the insurance plan that the company provides? All providers are then within network, I'm assuming. Can you just touch a little bit on on how those two things coincide? Sure. As the audience may be aware, employers who offer workers' compensation programs as they're required by law, as well as health plans that they may offer to their employee base, the employers, as they manage the expense of both of those programs, adopt programs like PMR Healthcare because we're able to help them keep those costs down. If we keep those costs down, if we improve the health of the population, if we help prevent injuries in the workplace, if we treat injuries in the workplace at the most efficient way possible, then it, one, effect favorably impacts the employer by keeping their insurance premiums lower. A second scenario that exists is if the employer self-funds their medical plan cost or their workers' compensation cost. And what I mean by that is literally the employer is paying 
for the cost of the care rendered under either scenario from their own assets. So not using insurance company to fund those. So every dollar we help them save is a dollar that falls immediately to their earnings line. Our motto is generally extremely attractive to an employer where every improvement realized through the clinic helps them to keep the cost of the care down, helps them keep the cost that they pass on to the employee down in terms of what portion they may pay to participate in the employer's health plan. Once again, I've used the term a few times, but it is truly a win-win from all perspectives. But that's how it ties into the insurance. It's helping to kick the insurance premiums or in a self-funded world, what we call the self-funded premium equivalents, at least as low as we can possibly get them. Yeah. I mean, whenever I do a new hire training, I always talk about, well, why don't people just run off to the doctor and everybody brings up, well, it's time, it's money, and it's the inconvenience. So making that convenient to them, I I mean, is definitely a game changer in our healthcare system because I think more people would use it if it was more easily accessible. So having it at the place they're going to go to is, is just great. So what type of questions or concerns about this service have you heard? So we talked a little bit about the prior privacy and you addressed. Is there anything else that are very common for people to think of when they hear about this? One quick response to your good comment about the cost to the employee and the time away from work. If I could touch on that ever so so briefly. Of course. Many employers today offer what we refer to as high deductible health plans. So the employee may have a $2,500 deductible or a $5,000 deductible. Some deductibles are even as high as $10,000. Or they may have a co-payment on an office visit that could be $100 plus. So if I'm an individual that's seeking care from my physician and I may have to pay the first 100 out of my pocket, or I may have to pay the first 5000 out of my pocket, a benefit of the on-site services is you may be able to see the physician at the primary care clinic with no out-of-pocket expense. So now instead of avoiding, potentially avoiding healthcare, I'm now incentivized to seek the care, which we believe is in all parties' best interest. So with that said, as I think about some of the questions and the concerns, many employers say you're a 50 or a 100 employee life employer versus an employer that employs 500 or 1,000 or 1,500 employees or greater. Certainly the model that I'm discussing is more attractive to the employer that has several hundred or several thousand employees because the cost of our services, of administering those services, I mean, the savings and the results are going to help justify that return on the investment. So a question and a concern many times we get is how can an employer who employs, once again, for example, 50 or 100 employees have the benefits and be able to participate in a very similar model? And we have graduated to being able to do what we call a shared clinic model, where we may go into an office park, for example, and then several employers in that office park could all share in access to those services or go into a community where the city employees and the county employees and the school employees all share access, or it could be two or three manufacturing groups sharing access. So originally, it was a concern of employers that had fewer employees. Could they afford to engage in such a program? So the markets responded by offering them shared arrangements. The other concern is 10 years later from the time that these types of on-site services became more attractive to where we're at today, the concern has been for the model to graduate more from treating very acute 
matters, such as strep throat, flu, things of that nature, which occur on a day-to-day basis, but more so helping employers manage the employees that are have various comorbidities. It's very common, for example, here in the state of Indiana, where I reside, 38% of the adult population in the state are considered obese. Obesity drives prediabetes, diabetes, cardiovascular, musculoskeletal issues, COVID-19 complications, for example. So the real concern for PMR healthcare in concert with the employer is how to manage those root causes of obesity. Why is a person obese? Is that behavioral, lifestyle, social economics, all of the above, mental health issues that contribute to that, lack of exercise, lack of poor diets, all of the things. If we address the root cause, then we also have a favorable impact on the cost of care for diabetes and heart disease, so on and so forth. So may not always be thought of as a concern, but with a ever-increasing unhealthy population across the U.S., the concern for the employer is more aggressive programs like PMR Healthcare on helping them manage that chronic population. Todd, if somebody is listening to the podcast today and is excited about this, what kind of steps should they do or take next? If they have interest just in exploring and learning more, we generally start with just one, having initial dialogue to understand their organizations, certainly sign the appropriate documents to protect confidentiality of any information that they share. And then the information that we're looking for is to understand if we can really help them address the needs amongst their employee population. Is it's generally data. We look at their claims and pharmacy data. We look at their loss reports on the workers' compensation side. So the best way to do that would be to reach out to us, calling one 800 325-4555. And that will come to myself or one of my associates just to explore that. Or you can certainly visit our website at www.pmrhealthcare.com. That was great. Thank you so much. And we really appreciate you highlighting this hopefully ever-expanding model for healthcare in the future to make it more convenient and to just to help out the working population be healthier. So we appreciate your time and what you're doing. Yours as well, and appreciate the opportunity to share with your audience. Well, it was great to get to know Todd a little bit more. And Amber, what things did you pick up from that that really stuck out to you is just awesome. Yeah, the thing about PMR Healthcare, and I think that he actually said this pretty early on in the interview, so I'm wondering who else, if anybody else caught it, but the fact that they bring the healthcare to the work site actually makes it more accessible for employees to establish a primary care physician. I have been on site now for over two years with various industrial clients, and I can't tell you how many times I've had the conversation with an employee, even just a wellness conversation, not something to do with an occupational injury. And I bring up, do you go for your annual physical? Or when was the last time that you've been to the doctor for an annual physical? Hey, this might be something that you should take a look into. So to have it just be that much easier for somebody to do it, there's really no excuse for them not to establish that primary care, really get in on some of that preventative medicine. I also liked how he brought up that if an employee or a patient you know, is found to have high blood pressure is the example that he used, they don't just throw the medication at them and say, hey, here, get better, or hey, let's adjust this until it's where it needs to be, but they actually start looking at what some of those root causes of the high blood pressure may 
may be to get it at a systemic, the very root level, opposed to just putting a Band-Aid on it and making it better. Well, yeah. I mean, our healthcare system is just, it's not set up conveniently. I mean, you think 100 years ago, the doctor came to your house. I mean, those type of things make sense. Yeah, with those scary masks on, though. So I think we're okay with leaving them at this <laughs> clinic. Oh, that was several hundred years ago. When oh, they yeah. Did the witch thing. Yeah, but that, definitely. No, it's true that we as humans, if you ask people, what is the number one thing that they want that makes you want to do something? And it's convenience. And so the fact that it's right there, also for the work-related injuries, to do both of those well and to merge it, I just think is a brilliant idea. And I like that it's available as options to companies of all sizes, because I do understand that and just the brilliance of them. We're like, well, let's combine it. Let's find those three or four smaller organizations and allow it to be a resource to all of them as well. So great to hear what they're doing and that that model and how it can companies can save themselves a lot of headache and save themselves time and make it their employees' lives better. And, and that's what it really is. While the money is the savings, but it's so interesting how when you save money, what goes along with that is you're helping people because when people aren't being helped, it costs more. And that's just something that's very well established. So I want to thank you all for listening to this episode of Workplace Injury Prevention of Fit for Work podcast, where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen. And to get started preventing injuries, please visit our website at wellworkforce.com. And please email us with any questions or comments to podcast at wellworkforce.com. And remember, prevention improves lives. 